All right, guys, welcome back for another podcast. Here we go. You're back. I'm back. It's true. I'm not doing this by myself today. Honestly, I feel great about that fact. Yeah. Yeah, I just got to get it out there. There's a lot of people doing solo content. Yeah. I mean, as soon as I hear of you doing an OnlyFans podcast, (laughs) we're going to have to have a conversation. Yeah, we're going to have to, I mean, I know Twitch and Twitter and all those other ones. I mean, yeah, let's get it out there. But there might be some platforms we steer away from. Uh, It's for time being. So anyway, so uh, but teach their own, teach their own, not to disparage those. Oh, that's it. just I mean, how we're going to start today. That's their thing, right? <laughs> that's, that's fine. I mean, money's money. So, um, all right. So yeah, I mean, the last time uh, that I was here, I think we made note was like two months ago. Yeah. Um, but actually, in that amount of time, we've done a ton of content. I mean, we did some stuff for uh, the Prevet Club down in Grand Valley. Mm-hmm. We've been continuing our efforts with the Michigan State College of Vet Med. Um, mm-hmm. Got some more stuff coming down the pipeline that way. A lot of internal stuff too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, which is uh, all great. So we've definitely been kicking out content. A lot of uh, what we call our uh, um, uh, clinical skills rounds. Yep. So that's that's the other one that we kind of put in time into. So um, obviously not uh, public from a, a podcast standpoint, but we kind of do for our new graduates or even uh, students uh, in that regard, but uh, just trying to put out content that would serve them in our place of business, but really is applicable everywhere. It's kind of like the street smarts application to the profession, you know, things Mm -hmm. that we've just shown to work um, Mm -hmm. with patient care and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're uh, honestly on that. I mean, the clinical skills round, I think was like probably the final catalyst to race approval. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah. So for context, um, I'm actually in the process of getting a bunch of, our podcasts uh, just kind of figuring out the right way to do it because some of them work in conjunction with each other and some yeah. are kind of one-off thoughts so from a submissions perspective and the way that it works best so kind of working through that but yeah. the podcast will most likely be a race approved ce um probably about the end of first quarter of 21 is the yeah. rough timeline yeah that's amazing mm-hmm. yeah good work did yeah. not expect it at all yeah to be perfectly honest <laughs> And not that every one of them's going to be. I think there's going to be some stuff that's a little bit too um, outside. But their certification is non-medical stuff, which it's all relevant to operating a better practice. And that's just it. If you look at it from an operations standpoint, I really want to stay away from, like, the terminology of practice management because it's really not that. It's, it's, It's... it's operations and protocol and process. I mean, process and operations is probably a good way of going about it. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, there's a ton of con, not just in the in the podcast that we've done, but really trying to be very deliberate coming into the next several round of podcasts. I mean, through and I think I think it's kind of twofold. One is actually having content that's going to be easier to be race approved, mm-hmm. um, stuff that's actually going to be a little bit more applicable that people can you know learn learn from and use. 
But the other one is also acknowledging that our time is tight, mm -hmm. you know, so as we're starting to do more work, whether it be with university, whether it be with some of these, you know, if teaching institutions, some of our efforts internally, mm -hmm. we just have to look at the number of hours in a week, you mm -hmm. know, and be like, all right, well, if we're going to kind of kick something out to the general public, um, you know, it, just making sure that it is of relatively high quality. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so that, that's pretty awesome. So uh, race approval is coming down the line. Yes. So that's, yes. that's amazing, um, especially because, and actually that was just uh, as of today. So um, just before this podcast, we recorded uh, what we kind of jokingly call press release. Mm -hmm. uh, but <laughs> it's basically, uh, uh, again, something that we just kind of send out internally to our uh, supported staff here. Um, it just kind of talks about different things. And basically what this one was was kind of like the end of year, um, you know, type rally where it's like, all right, let's, you know, not just from a numbers standpoint, um, let's look at, because uh, we did talk about numbers, but, you know, how have we done in the last year, 2020, in comparison to 2019 and 2018, um, to show like, what are we, not just what are we succeeding in, but does the idea work? Mm -hmm. And, you know, the idea, of course, uh, is serve the patient, educate the caregiver, but to take that into other portions of operations and process, it's like, all right, focusing on the middle 60%. Understanding that top bonded practices are dead, mm -hmm. understanding that more local influence and having, you know, more uh, growth and more support of the staff. Um, all of those things work together, essentially, to establish purpose, to mm -hmm. establish well-being, to serve the patient. I mean, these are all things that, you know, we talk about repeatedly through podcasts. Um, but, I, yeah, again, I think every single year it's it's so encouraging to know that the process and operations work. So mm -hmm. just taking a small part of what we're doing and implementing it anywhere um, can have a substantial impact. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, for us it was uh, just in, what do we say, number of number of invoices turn was 40%. Yeah. Yeah. 40% revenue, 50%, you mm -hmm. know, so it's, it's one of these where again, it's the, the proof is in the pudding. Um, for sure. You know, yeah, it's, it's, I've been kicking that idea around a lot and just trying to figure out what worked, you know, in the last year, obviously COVID played a massive role in it. Um, but, uh, really, uh, you know, in, in balancing and some of the stuff that we've talked about, um, uh, in the podcast before has been, um, you know, like survival mode. And that yeah. definitely was a thing that we struggled with. Um, so balancing that, you know, you've, you've got growth and you've got revenue and you've got process and you've got, um, purpose and all this sort of stuff. But what I kind of figured out was basically if the, the, the more direct of a line that you can draw between process um, and purpose yeah. and then actually the individual return because of it. Yeah. So it's, it goes process, purpose, and then ROI. The more that people understand that flow and how them doing a mundane day-to-day -day task funnels through all of that because yeah. it takes them to the 30,000 foot view yeah. and then it becomes real for them. Yeah. The easier that is, the more attuned they are to everything that's happening. Yeah. But that actually kind of brings us into what we wanted to talk about today. And the only way that they can understand that yeah. is through collaboration. Absolutely. Yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. And that's, and I think even to, to build on that, to the, you know, I think what I have found, and this is not just me always taking a 30,000 foot view on everything, but it's, it's, you know, being in the trenches and understanding the day-to-day -day problems. Mm -hmm. But I think what ultimately I have found is the more instances, like you said, collaboration is key, 
but the more instances that you can take a step back. I mean, how many times do we hear that? Take a step back and reevaluate the situation. Mm -hmm. But really, it's it, it, taking that step back. And I mean, for as cliche as it sounds, taking that 30,000 foot view, it makes the individual problems not seem as bad. Mm -hmm. So if you are so stuck in the day-to-day -day and so stuck in the moment-to-moment -moment and you can't see past the moment-to-moment -moment and they see past the you know minute-to-minute -minute, you know day-to-day -day, is that it becomes incredible incredibly volatile mm -hmm. and that's where you know i think there's a lot of different ways you can define a toxic work environment but i think one of the ways in which you can cultivate and sort of harbor and encourage kind of a toxic work environment is not really being able to focus on the big picture and wh what happens when you have a business owner or an administrator who is so locked into the day-to-day -day mm -hmm. failure mm -hmm. so you did this you know it's just this whole big thing and it's like god it was okay yeah it was a problem but it wasn't like a big mistake but mm -hmm. it was a problem um, you know, why are you freaking out so much? And, it, and a part of it is like, that's where I think sometimes when you have kind of that disparity between like the freak out and then just the, why are you freaking out? Is that there are kind of two ways is one, it's like, well, maybe the person who is in charge just can't take a step back and see how all of these things relate together. And the person who is like, why are you freaking out? Well, maybe they just don't care. But you know, the, the thing is, again, as you start to look at collaboration and saying, well, really the idea is when these, when these events occur on the day-to-day -day is you have to provide the opportunity to improve performance and fulfill. That's mm -hmm. that's what it boils down to. Mm -hmm. And that's, again, in the press conference we had for the staff today was essentially just that, is like embrace growth. Like understand that what got us through COVID summer, which we saw a substantial number of patients, mm -hmm. I mean, uh, a substantial amount, uh, what got us through is process. Mm -hmm. So if we recognize that and recognize that process is what sets us apart, um, how can we do that better? Mm -hmm. If we assume that right now process got us through, we succeeded for the year, we did a fantastic job, but then what if we interpret that as not being a great job? So how can we do better? 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 Um, and that was uh, a couple months ago. That's where it's like, how can we do better? Communication. Right. Communication. Yep. Yeah. So we, yeah. So we had talked about that a decent amount um, in just kind of theorizing. I think it was pre or it was right, right after this chart came out because you had brought up that we, you know, with the industry overview and having the problems and then having the solutions. But, you know, the, oh, yeah, the, yeah. the original thought was that communication was kind of at the center of it. And what we kind of figured out was that um, communication and collaboration, uh, you know, you can't collaborate without communicating, you know, right, they run right, hand right, in hand. Right. But you can't actually get, and I would, I would argue that this is just on any problem ever, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, is absolutely. that you cannot get through, um, out of a problem and into a solution without communication and without collaboration. Yeah. Um, that's, why, that's why triage will fail with a poor communicator. Yeah. That's why, yes. that's why we mm -hmm. went from saying that we had a lead technician to an expediter to the technician communicating triage. Yeah. Like it became readily apparent that it's just like, no, every, like the reason why our triage process works is because we communicate well. So yep. if you're not communicating, you're not collaborating, you're not problem solving, you're not implementing a plan. Mm-hmm. So communicate, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's, that is a day-to-day -day process, but coming into a 30,000 foot view, it's like, oh, well, we're really not 
by not communicating, we're not collaborating, we're not providing the opportunity to improve performance, we're not providing the opportunity to improve fulfillment. By not communicating, what we're doing is is that we're really challenging purpose. Mm-hmm. We're challenging well-being. And a lot of the times, we're gonna. that's how then you get into division, you get into the victimhood, and then that was last podcast was the subtle uh, subtleties, the victim, victim yep. mindset. Or, yep. uh, failure failure mindset. mindset, thank you, failure mindset. So this podcast, podcast is really about the other side of that because yep. we talked a lot about kind of the quote unquote what not to do. Um, but this one is really going to f- kind of tie together a lot of different ideas that we've used in the past of accountability and forgiveness and kind of assigning roles and how ownership works, um, what being a mentor, what being a leader means, and all of these things that push your staff and yourself into success like how do you actually get there um and it all starts with collaboration you know you talk about um and and again guys we are referencing the uh creating accountability uh diagram it is on the website paulhealth.net uh, so just so you can kind of follow along last week, we kind of talked about division this week. We're talking about collaboration. That's the left side of the chart, everything in blue. Mm, exactly. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I'll have overlays too. Hey, sure, so. sure. 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 Uh, but, uh, yeah. So every, everything kind of starts at collaboration. What is collaboration? It's providing opportunity to improve performance and fulfillment. That is a very wide definition. Yes. Uh, it re- and again, we, it was intentionally wide, you know, to, to think about, opportunity to improve performance and fulfillment like literally you can go from that in the in the second like in the minute thought to like how are you generating a year-long plan or whatever it is like how are we working together with the resources that we have to improve your performance and individual fulfillment as it relates to what you are doing. Um, And that's the foundation of, I mean, pretty much the culture and core value section of the ERT. Yeah. You know, is, Mm -hmm. I mean, almost exclusively all of these different tools, case reviews, after action reports, you know, all these things, they're just tools to provide effort. And we've talked about after actions before. And I actually think we have one coming up here, uh, the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's just that. It's just providing that opportunity. You don't know right. what's going to come out of it. Mm-hmm. And the day-to-day, the week-to-week, the month-to-month, to your year, that's where it's like, you know, after actions. And this collaborate, this collaborative process is going to fail every single time if you have administrators uh, unwilling to accept uh, their own their own. Uh, sort of piece of the puzzle, piece mm-hmm. of the pie, mm-hmm. um, is that if we just continue to assume, and that's why, again, for us, we are an inverted org chart in administration is the bottom of the pyramid. Uh, supported staff is at the top because they are supported. Um, if it doesn't work that way, you know, where it's the old adage of shit rolls downhill, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, yeah, then you're never actually going to be able to collaborate in a way that really just improves performance. Um, unless you're, uh, you have a, uh, what do we say? Um, you're more stick than carrot. Mm-hmm. So, you yep. know, you can definitely have, uh, the opportunity to improve performance if you're all stick. Yeah. You know, so yep. it's if you're more on the carrot side and being like, well, let's entice and let's, you know, say, all right, well, this is what's on the other side. Come along with us. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's ultimately, um, I guess, how we would say you lead into then the part of that diagram is creators. Right. Yeah. So so you definitely have like I, I, 
kind of want to touch on the second yeah. carrot thing. Yeah. The, the key to both of those is balance. Yeah. <laughs> you can't have yes. just one yes. on either side. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely uh, a balance that um, is, in, is important yeah. to know that you're going to consistently screw up. Yeah. You're never going to do it perfect. It's just a matter of analyzing everything that you're doing and yeah. just seeking to improve on it because every day is that little bit different and there's no way to ever do it perfectly. So you just have to try. Yeah. Um, when I worked at Catch All, you know, that was one of our core values was just try. Because yeah. like, let's just acknowledge that we ain't perfect at yeah. this. And yeah. this is kind of the same thing. That's why we talk about, you know, in the, in the press release or whatever you want to call it, um, talked about don't fear um, these after action reports and case yeah. reviews. Like yeah. we're just wanting to improve for just wanting to try because this is how we collaborate. Like yeah. those tools are meant as a designed mechanism to go through what we're about to do. Mm. It's, it's just plotted out in a way that makes it situationally based. Yeah. It's, it takes it from the abstract. It puts it into a real life scenario. Um, so we're going to talk about it in the abstract so you can understand the concepts a little bit better, but application and practice is the only way that this ever really works. Like understanding the variables yeah. is important, but you have to flex the muscle um, pretty, pre pretty consistently. Yeah. Um, so you can, it's, it is a muscle. You get stronger at it or you get weaker at it. Yeah. And that's, and even in running those tools, I mean, you know, case reviews gotten better at them over time. You yeah. Know, after actions gotten better over time. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, you know, with those after actions, it's, it works better when you have at least one member of that team highly accountable. Mm -hmm. So if you have a group in which you're trying to run after actions and it's just the culture isn't right, you know, the people running it aren't exactly fit to be doing it, it can be utterly catastrophic. Mm -hmm. um, but it also, again, it's, it's just part of the collaborative process. So you say, oh, well, I guess we don't have core value. We don't have culture. I guess this is all shit. I guess I don't know what I'm doing. But it should never be a deterrent to stop. Mm -hmm. That's that that I think is is sort of the the mm -hmm. part because again as we get through uh, sort of this vertical diagram here, is that you know when we start to talk about solutions and plans and implementation like you can have as many implementation failures as you want but that doesn't mean the solution is bad mm -hmm. and I th I think that's where a lot of people get hung up and we talk about this in a few minutes but I mean again so really kind of getting into all these different tools of collaboration you're exactly right is that going through an after action going through a case review these are all the same words we. Use use in that so even in looking at the diagrams we have online the um defining accountability assigning accountability and this is creating accountability um if you read defining accountability and assigning defi uh, accountability all those things are in this diagram yeah yep so they're really it's just different ways to consume the same thing so again mm -hmm. when you start to talk about after actions you start to talk about some of these other things in collaboration and being creators um is that's what this is is you're trying to force more people into collaboration mm -hmm. um and it's a little bit of both it's a little bit of carrot and a little bit of stick you'll mm -hmm. have some people oh, yeah. are really like like interested in like what is this thing that's more carrot and stick it's like no we have to you are absolutely doing this that stick mm -hmm. you know so mm -hmm. but it is it is that balance and again it, everyone's a little bit different um anxiety plays a role and so on and so forth but as soon as we don't 
take after actions, as soon as we don't take this collaborative process, this collaborative process is meant to push into a growth mindset. And growth mindset is individuals that are committed to the success of the individual and the success of the team, is that if we take the focus that this is growth, mm-hmm. it's not a reprimand. You know, right. and, that, and that's where, mm-hmm. like I said, I've kind of used the two terms interchangeably, is failure mindset and reprimand mindset are pretty much synonymous. Mm-hmm. So if we're really in this scenario where we are talking about these tools, these case reviews, um, the after actions or whatever else is that if we focus on it just as forcing us into the growth mindset, there really isn't actually anything to be afraid of. You know, it's, it's, it's not like it's a, you know, uh, administrative process to tell us how bad we are. It's an administrative process to engage communication that tells us what we can do better. So, yeah. So the, actual implementation of an after action or a case review is to i actually would pause and say it is to provide opportunity to communicate right absolutely so then the next thing is well who's running it and who's participating in it are they going to walk in with a growth mindset which obviously we're you know sometimes they're not going to and you you have to kind of force them through it but if you look at you know these two pieces collaboration is to improve performance and fulfillment but also, if it is done wrong, kind of what you're talking about, how they can go south really quick, yeah. is an after action or a case review can provide an opportunity to engage communication, which will challenge shared purpose and well-being yeah. if they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, so you yeah, do have yeah. to tread lightly a little bit yeah. and make your intentions known right away yeah. of like, where do we want to kind of end up? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and it is really with the effort of growth. You have to make that exceptionally clear because yeah. it can get because of how emotionally charged it can sometimes get <laughs> there's another opportunity uh, the, yeah. right right <laughs> yeah. it, the, it's easy to end up in a scenario where it goes sideways so you you have to know what the mission of the meeting is and keep that in your sights the whole time like yeah. definitely acknowledge all the variables as they occur um but we have to continue through this path because yeah. it, it, it and know where it is that you're trying to go. Yeah, when we had uh, we had that employee rage quit after the one yep. that we did of several months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually I think one of the things that we start to see as we have more employees engaging after actions and understanding that it's an opportunity for growth is it makes the victims really stand out. Yes, you know, and mm-hmm. if, if again, because remember uh, when we start talking about the failure mindset, victims are individuals that are convinced they are powerless. And avoid taking responsibility for their actions, mm-hmm. whether that be through waiting, excuses, blame, and denial. A lot of people sit in blame and denial, not me, them. Mm-hmm. You know, well, it's not me. I, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, there's a problem, but it has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and how dare you tell me that I'm the problem here? You know, you guys are the ones. And that's where then they start to find their persecutors, which persecutors are individuals that are blamed by the victim for their suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where when we kind of talk about these after actions. You're exactly right. People are coming in with failure mindset or with a growth mindset. But as you go through after actions, like the way in which people engage those, mm-hmm. if they're dominating the conversation as a victim, it's like, wow, I didn't believe he or she was like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you start to say, oh, this person is constant victim mentality. And then their, their place in the work environment starts to become affected. Yeah. So that's why a lot of times for 
as we say, we don't typically have to fire people because they see themselves at the door. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, like to me, that reaction would be, you know, we, I think when you walk into any, either of those opportunities or whatever it might be where you're, cre- you know, the creating accountability, you might even have a way that works in your yeah. environment that is different and sure. works for you better. But I think at that point of acknowledging that you're going to go through that exercise. It's like everyone's coming to the table willing to be a creator. Like right. That's the idea. Sometimes it's like, hey, you're going to come to the table with me and we're both right. going to be creators. Right. Um, but typically those that end up offboarding themselves, they it's basically backdraft yeah. where they hit reality and they yeah. just, there's not a way in which to communicate or share a reality with that yeah. person. Like they're not going to get on the same page as you. Um, there can be a lot of things that create that scenario. Um, so definitely be um, self-aware if you're the one that's creating it. Yeah, uh, you're trying to. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Uh, but but what happens in that is like it's they they go straight out of being a creator straight into division mindset and yeah. they but they didn't realize it in the in the moment. It, there's a very real possibility yeah. that like best of intentions but there's so many barriers in the way of actually getting to a shared reality they just can't get through them yeah and that's that that was kind of the last time was the subtlety of failure mindset yeah so so as we kind of go from whatever this accountable event is and whatever tool we want to use to collaborate uh so again the communication aspect to it Mm -hmm. is that um just on the division side where victim is kind of the first part of division the first part of collaboration is what we have defined as the creator. Mm-hmm. So the creator is an individual or individuals um, that are focused on a desired outcome directed by intent and purpose. Yep. So it's you have the event and then you provide the collaborative opportunity. You provide the opportunity to improve performance and then people are going to determine whether or not they're going to become a victim uh, or they're going to become a creator. Mm -hmm. So, and like Ben had just said a moment ago, is that once we kind of enter into collaboration, the communication tools, the after action, case reviews, whatever it is, that very, very first step is establishing reality. Mm -hmm. And that's where you said some people just can't actually get to reality and i would say overwhelmingly the biggest barriers to getting to reality is what we talked about on the on the division mindset is are they in denial Mm -hmm. are they blaming others are they just having excuses you know the weight's a little bit more difficult um waiting is where individuals recognize that there's a problem but have chosen to not engage so a lot of people that aren't getting to reality it's the ones that are quiet they just sit there and it's just like well, typically those are the ones where it's you just kind of grab them by the hand and like you know what guys, yeah, let's just let's yeah. just go this way. It'll <laughs> yeah. be all right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. The, the, you they're know, not as vocal. You get further down that line, you get into the from waiting to excuses, blame and denial. It gets so much louder as you uh-huh. get further down. Uh-huh. You know, so yeah, I can. I'm just imagining like someone in the wait just sitting there quietly, but someone in denial just that's not a problem. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> just yeah. shouting. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. So, so that's where, again, like you may just have, and and that's where if, as you start to run through those after actions, if you have someone that you're not getting to and through reality, Mm -hmm. it basically, yeah, I mean, (laughs) 
So, I mean, it's, and that's the, that's the thing with reality. Like reality is just acknowledging the reality of the event. Like this has actually happened. We haven't even gotten to ownership yet. Mm -hmm. It's just saying, no, this actually occurred. Mm -hmm. We need to recognize that this occurred. Cause if you can't actually get to the point where you understand that this is a problem. So when we have the one employee rage quit, it was that like not even coming to the point of understanding that we had missed two treatments on a patient it wasn't catastrophic animal didn't die wasn't a problem it's just our times got thrown off and there wasn't good communication and triage to understand that our times had gotten thrown off that's all it was and complete unwillingness to even acknowledge one's part in that process Mm -hmm. end of story like we're not getting past this you're not going to be able to grow so the question then becomes well what do you do if you have an employee that isn't getting to reality it's like I'll keep moving through the after action. Absolutely. Because Mm -hmm. this then becomes a very direct conversation with that person at a later time saying, Mm -hmm. you know, I understand that you were kind of struggling a little bit. Um, It would have been inappropriate for us to completely dive into all the reasons why you were struggling. If as a result of our conversation, there is something that can be brought back to the team as a team oriented problem, by all means, let's talk about it. But most of the time, if they can't get to reality, it's an individual problem. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the whole thing. It's the individual acknowledges the reality of the event. It's not the group fails to recognize the reality of the event. Unless you have a group who fails to recognize the <laughs> reality of the event. very possible, yeah, yeah. But then that's where, like you said, it's just kind of like over here, guys. Yeah, it, and like that step in, especially in the after action, and that's, I think we're going to focus pretty heavily on that process rather than the case review because the case review is the one-to-one typically. Yeah. But th- with the after action, like that step is like, hey, guys, we're going to blurt out every step. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to have data and person two is going to have data and person three is going to have data and we're going to get it all out into the ether um, just because as it comes to having a shared reality, um, you, if I don't know what you know, it is an impossibility for us to share in fact reality. Now, deciding whether or not what somebody says is true is trust. Yes. That's an individual problem. So yes. if I am the uh, rage quitter. Yes. And I, you know, someone brings up that something happened. Yes. And I say, no, it didn't. Well, we are potentially at an insurmountable impasse <laughs> because I don't trust that person's interpretation of reality yeah. enough to say, you know what? I acknowledge the fact that you saw that that way. I may understand it differently. And we can talk about that because now we can collaborate and like figure out why it is that we disagree on that. Yeah. But just putting the period at the end of the sentence and saying, no, that's not what happened. Yeah. Is not really productive. Yeah. I was, yeah. Uh, one of my buddies, Jeff, he uh, blew my mind as he was going through law school. Um, he said, there is no truth. There is only interpretation. Yes. You know, and, and of course that's then the job of the legal system. And we, this is actually, we've had conversations independently of podcasts on, uh, thresholds and stuff conversation for a later yep. time doesn't matter mm-hmm. uh, but basically that's then the job of the legal system is to find where we are somewhere in the middle of the two truths now they get they get very very close to the my truth thing which we mm-hmm. none of us really enjoy that term but the the thing is is as you start to look at the the two sides of an event that's why we talk about it as being an accountable event something yep. happened yep. Um, but yeah it, it's a matter of like you said that trust and respect and being like no there 
there's, you know, not necessarily two sides to every story. Sometimes there's eight sides to stories. And if we have eight sides to stories, then who really is the, where, where is the middle ground where we have our answer? Mm -hmm. So that's then going from the next step of saying we have to acknowledge that this event occurred, the reality of this event, we have to understand not just that the event occurred, but the reality of it. The next one that comes into ownership. Mm -hmm. So ownership then from as you, you know, start to collaborate, you go through creation, uh, we're into reality now up to ownership is that ownership is when an individual actually owns a problem and acknowledges their responsibility. Mm -hmm. So if you can't come to this shared reality in this problem, then you're not going to get to a point where you're going to assume any responsibility if there's responsibility to assume um but again that's that's you know looking at kind of the, the eight different truths for one problem uh we always talk about being very deliberate in not not sharing ownership yes so it's mm -hmm. if if there's one problem that like three people are like yes i this it's like well three people can't share one problem it probably means that you have not appropriately defined what that problem is yeah so the 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 uh, reality that happens I, I would actually call that like the i'm spartacus moment uh, sure i yes. respect the fact that if you have three people that stand up and they want to own their piece to that problem at and with the problem as a whole yeah. it's it's great like thank you for doing that yep. but let's break it down even it's further more complex because yeah. there's there's ways in which you can um extra define the problem and that's uh so one of the things that we've exercised here is is the toyota model of root cause problem uh, yeah, solving yeah, yeah, yeah. and what happens sometimes in that and typically in an event like that is your problem breaks into pieces yeah it goes further and further yeah. down or you realize that what one person did was a symptom of another person's problem and you can acknowledge like hey yes that was a misstep because it was outside of whatever process or protocol or whatever. Right. But this is also the variable that made me do that. You know, it's a, it's, it kind of turns into the three lefts make a right sort of yeah. scenario, but yeah. um, typically it's three lefts turn a U-turn and y'all yeah. end up in the wrong place. Yes. Um, otherwise we wouldn't be having the after action report. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. but it's, it's, um, it's really important to note in ownership that, it's not necessarily about owning the problem as a whole. That's what being a creator is. That's what being a person that is focused on a desired outcome of solving the big problem, yep. solving the mistreatments problem, and now they're committed to breaking it down and understanding where the missteps were yeah. and where their misstep was in the whole thing. Yes. Um, so it, it, you're you're just kind of you're going deeper uh, into that level. Yeah, and that. Uh, uh uh, Jocko, uh, the extreme ownership. Yep. yep. So I actually, uh, just this last week, um, I had to come in and do a surgery, but actually it was kind of funny. Like <laughs> the surgery took me like, I don't know, an hour or something. But then for the next like six hours that I was in the clinic, I was individually talking to other employees about issues that they had coming through the holidays and, you know, talking about this, talking about this, talking about this. And one of the things that I had come up with, um, or in, up in conversation, I was talking to Dr. Burris is this idea of extreme ownership. Okay. And, uh, you know, what I had told her was, I said, the more things that we can own, the more things that we can take on as being our responsibility, and we are the ones that, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. fault's kind of a harsh word, but for the more that we can accept as being, um, you know, part of our, our responsibility, 
the more you can control. Mm-hmm. That's that is like literally the antithesis of a victim because mm-hmm. a, a victim is an individual convinced that they are powerless and avoid taking responsibility for their actions. Mm-hmm. So if we continue to push into creator and we continue to push into extreme ownership, by definition, we're not a victim. So the more you can own, the less of a victim you become. Because mm-hmm. as soon as you own it, there's something that can be done about it. Right. And like you said, that something saying, yep, I actually want to own this problem, that something may end up being, uh, well, okay, thank you for owning that problem, but guess what? You're actually, the reason why you're owning that problem is because administratively we didn't do this. Mm-hmm. Or uh, someone else over here, like you said just a few moments ago, th- their, their issue became a, um, you know, or yours was a symptom of their issue. So yep. Um, yep. that's when we start talking about extreme ownership. It's as, so this move, so in, in 10 minutes time, whatever, 12 minutes time, for us to just to talk about reality and to talk about ownership that's like an hour, at nine, least like ninety minutes, <laughs> right? Yeah. To get, Especially the first couple of times, yeah. as you're really working out the kinks and trying to understand yes. each other's communication, and like everyone needs their time. Like yeah. that's a that's a very deliberate part of the after action. Is yeah. you basically have to go around in the circle yeah. and say you're going to recount yeah. the event as you understand it, right. because it, that's the only way to learn how. To, you know, it, over time, you can abbreviate the process because really what we're yeah. doing is we're teaching the mechanisms for yes. in-the-moment accountability. Oh, absolutely. Far, far more abbreviated than that process, yeah. but it's it's learning. This is how we learn yes. how to it, do that. No, yeah, and even, not to interrupt you, but mm-hmm. that is what in-the-moment accountability is. Yeah. Like in-the-moment accountability, you go from having an event to collaborate to create reality, ownership, solution, plan, and implementation. You do it all within four minutes. Yeah. That's why I'm a really effective triager. Like, I don't care if things don't get done. I don't care. You know, it's like, nope, what's the next move? What's the mm-hmm. barrier? Let's move on to the next one, on to the next mm-hmm. You have no problem. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're exactly right. Is that to do an after action, it has to happen two weeks after the accountable event so people's memories are still fresh. Mm-hmm. Two weeks afterwards is so far after when it could have been handled. And yeah. it, it teaches mm-hmm. that that collaborative process. But but the reason that you give that barrier or that, uh, that, that time frame is yeah. number one, um, um, sometimes you can be, it can be too emotional. Be so just be, I can just yeah. be too freaking mad to deal with this in an objective way. Uh, or even just like in a semi-objective way, there's still, you know, you want to acknowledge and you the reality of emotional response, all that sort of stuff. We'll get to that within forgiveness. Yep. But, um, you know, sometimes there's that it's safer overall. It gives people time to digest too, because you're going to have yeah. slower processors and faster processors. And yeah. like it, it gives people the moment, um, to, to, you know, figure out and remember and yeah. notes and whatever it is that they have to yeah. do to process that information so that they can be a productive creator yeah. when the time is right. Yeah. Um, but, but again, that, that whole thing, like the, the, the hope of this process is actually to never have to use it. Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. It, 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 number one, no one actually wants to go through the process of accountability because if we never if we never had any problems we would never have accountability um but the other thing is if one that's an impossibility so we have to be able to generate and implement solutions yes this is a way to learn how to do it well yes it's just it's deliberate it's it's slow on purpose it's it's slow for the sake of learning slow for the sake of safety because safety and vulnerability play such a big hand and uh hand in hand read the 
Culture Code by Dan Coyle. That's the whole book talks about those two variables. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's 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 really just um, you know make letting creators number one acknowledge the value of being a creator, but then also doing it well. Yep. Yeah, and it's it is tough. I mean, again, because like you said, when you have a group of people who are all at varying stages of mm-hmm. this process, people that tend to lean a bit more towards division, people tend to lean a bit more towards collaboration. It's just like you said, trying to provide that opportunity. Well, it is probably that opportunity for communication, but again, it's one of just just a tool to get us up to the next part yep. where it's once you get through ownership, um, like you have to get to solution. That's the thing you have to figure out. So solutions um, is that the individual seeks resources to collaborate and to create solutions. So for us, we talk about resources as like administrative as, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, Annie is senior accountability officer. She's a uh, uh, you know, potential resource. Or now we have our uh, SRMs or supporting role members. Those are resources. After action is technically a resource but it's any tool that we have the idea is that it, the the creator is seeking collaboration to get to that solution i want to mm-hmm. fix this mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but when you're talking about an accountable event um often like you had said i mean time will provide the opportunity to release emotion mm-hmm. um but the very very uncomfortable and deliberate act of forgiveness um, is a part of the after action review. So a part of that is forgiveness um, is that to go from ownership and getting up to solutions. So in a reality, now we have acknowledged that there's a problem. Uh, ownership is I know what I you know what a part of this is my responsibility. The next is that we have to take emotion out of the equation. We're not taking accountability out of the solution out of, out of the um, uh, event. So forgiveness, uh, as defined, forgiveness is the act of removing emotion from the accountable event without actually releasing accountability. Mm -hmm. So it's not just like, I'm sorry. Okay. Mm -hmm. I promise to never do it again. It's, it's not like, it's not like that is it's, Oh, you know, we're all friends again. Kumbaya. That's, that's not what that is. Um, it's more of like, there's going to be pent up stuff. Is it anger? Is it sadness? I mean, what, you know, what is it from an emotional standpoint? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's taking that move from ownership up to solutions is you have to go through the act of forgiveness. So one of the big things in terms of like a tip or, um, you know, item really of focus when you're going through that process is in the reality and ownership phase, you actually have to put into that, the emotional response within the event. Because if you can specifically designate like, here's what happened and here was the response, the the act of separating them means that you can, number one, address them individually, um, but it also allows the opportunity to say, well, the solution to the emotional response can be solved uh, in one of two ways. You can you can remove the event that created it, which is what we're going to do. Because if it was a mistake that created a negative emotional response, right. if you don't make the mistake again, you don't have the response. Correct. But the other thing is, there can be things that happen that just like poke at that pent up aggression or resentment or whatever, and like acknowledging that that exists provides that opportunity to say, okay, you did this and 
I had this negative emotional response. Well, clearly there's something happening in between you and I yeah. that we both have to kind of come to the table and work out. Um, what forgiveness is, you know, if, if uh, in types of conflict, there are um, ways in which we disagree on like, who was supposed to do something, when it was supposed to be done, what was supposed to be done, very objective things, but then there's interpersonal conflict, and those two things are pretty darn different. Yeah. Forgiveness removes the interpersonal conflict, highly emotional, highly volatile, yeah. really, really, really hard to implement highly effective solutions if you don't have it. Um, but within forgiveness, you'll see on the chart, there are three steps within that process of desire, ability, and action. Uh, what that means is within desire, um, this is one of the things that I, when I worked with, uh, was working with Jen over at Catch All, um, it, the easiest way that we could describe it was basically you have to love the people that you work with enough to give them the opportunity to be forgiven. Right. Like you have to want that enough. Yes, now the cool be vindictive. Right, right. <laughs> the cool part though about having shared purpose is what the desire doesn't necessarily have to come from you and I wanting to be close or friends or whatever. Yeah. The desire comes from, hey, I have to do this because if I do, if I can remove the emotional stuff, I can serve the patient better. Correct. Yeah, yeah, we're not looking at a family environment. No. We're not looking at a friendly environment. I mean, and that's, I think, one of the the main differences that we, I don't want to say preach, but one of the main differences that we talk about here at Pods, it's a it's the separation of church and state, yep. you know, is that we really want people outside of work to be people outside of work, and we want people inside of work to be people inside of work. As soon as you start to uh, sort of blur those lines and you start to have more of those, which I mean, we do. I mean, you work with people 40, 60 hours a week, there's going to be some blurring of the lines. Mm -hmm. um, but you're exactly right. This is not a move of creating this harmonious family. That's, right. that is, that has the opportunity of being ridiculously toxic. Yeah. But yep. you, like you said, you have to be willing you have to have that desire mm -hmm. to engage mm -hmm. forgiveness. And if you don't have that, then, then, then it's not going to work. And go find a job somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. So, so like the way that I would put that in your head is essentially, well, why do I want to forgive this person? There are workplaces where you can, you know, generate friendships. People might know sure. how to do it well. Sure. Yeah, that's fine. But it, the answer the question of why would I want to go through this? And that's going to be the thing that's going to create the desire for you to actually go through the horrifically uncomfortable <laughs> act of forgiving someone. It gets easier with time. The it first does. couple of times. The first couple times, tough. it's yeah. really awkward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the next thing is going to be ability. And, and yeah. with ability, that's going to essentially be uh, some of this is trained. Yeah. <laughs> some of this you're just brought up with or yeah. you're not. Um, yeah, ethnically, if you're primarily Italian, that's not going to happen. It's much more yeah, difficult. <laughs> I can't say that I know that, yeah, but I have zero Italian. Blood. Believe me, yep. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's not that I want to. It's can I or not? Right. Yeah. 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 So you might even be able to speak this a little bit better than I can. But <laughs> uh, ability is essentially so. Like when I think about forgiveness and the emotional reactions that we have, is it's like you're kind of like you're you're putting lava into a bottle. And when you put lava into a bottle, like right away, and the reason that we want in the moment accountability is I can just dump it out because yeah. it's still liquid. Well, most of us don't know how to do that. So it hardens and solidifies over time. 
ability is going to be how good are you at acknowledging your emotional responses um, and how good are you at actually communicating it and addressing it. It is a skill set. This is something that you can improve on regardless of heritage, uh, whatever it might be. But that is typically the thing that... um, I would say is one of the biggest barriers and in, in that makes it most uncomfortable is, is because I don't want to acknowledge that I'm not emotionally aware or don't have a skill set because it's like of all the things to suck at, right. like, is this really the, like me acknowledging or just removing vindictiveness? Right. It, yeah. That's the thing I'm going to be terrible at. Well, guess what? Most of us are awful at yeah. it. Uh, yeah. We're being trained every day to suck well, at that's it as what well. I was say, yeah. I mean, through many, 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 many variables, mm-hmm. we are not, you know, well, it, it, we've, we've talked about it before. It's the, it's the drama reality TV stuff. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, is that we were constantly being, conditioned from a variety of ages. I mean, even like, honestly, even in seeing some of the cartoons my kids are exposed to, I'm like, we're not watching that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, and and some of it is exactly that is it's just this like dramatic conditioning where it's just, you know, you don't want to forgive the other person. You can't or, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. you're just conditioned that way. Um, And that's what then moves into like the actual act of doing it. And we're not talking about the like, yeah, let's hug this out. I forgive you. It's like, and then just harboring these ill wills. It's like, no, like if we're saying that you have the desire, like you want to, and the ability is that you can, and the action is that you are going to. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you can't just fake it. There's no, there's no faking it in here. Cause as no. soon as you fake it in here, you're never going to get to solutions, plan and implementation is that it has to be for reals. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the, the, I think the thing that is the biggest barrier for most people in action is, um, number one, not knowing what to do, uh, just purely just not knowing the right words to say. So um, again, on pawhealth.net slash podcast, there is a one page uh, overview of our forgiveness model. It literally lays out like seven steps, scripted everything yep. of you can read this off of a piece of paper and you're going through the steps. It, and, the, and the thing, it like a lot of people be like, that's not very genuine. I don't care. Yeah. You're yeah. doing yeah. it. Like right. you're, you're choosing to right. go through the action. Right. Like be vulnerable. Yeah. Be just acknowledge the fact that you don't know what you're doing, right. and just use the resource. Right. It's no different than right. looking at a textbook before you walk into a consultation. Right. 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 You just want to be good at it, so yeah. just be good at it. Well, no, and that's just that is the thing is that you're taking away the action as the barrier. Meaning, yeah. if you have the desire mm-hmm. to and the ability to, but you just don't really know how to actually do it there yeah i like for people who would reading the paper seeing that as being disingenuine it's only disingenuine if you don't have the desire yeah so it's yep. it, so that's where it's like yeah it's not just you know i'm gonna grab you by the neck and you're doing this i'm forcing you to have the desire of forgiveness we're talking about no you have the desire and you have the ability to do it it's just you have to get through the awkward steps mm-hmm. so read these seven bullet points that's mm-hmm. the awkward steps exactly the other thing that tends to trip people up in action is the necessary or the necessity of um, repetition. So it's not something that you can do once. Yeah. Not something you can do twice. Typically, what uh, is realized through this process is um, a lot of times folks will realize that they have more pent up 
hardened lava than they ever even knew about. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and what happens is when you get into the habit um, and your ability improves, what uh, in action, you'll be working with somebody or communicating with someone, whatever, and they'll do something and you'll feel that same twinge that pissed you off before, but they're doing something different. And that's resentment. That's yeah. resentment that is stuck inside. And yeah. you now... If you feel it, now you have to go through it again because yeah. you got to chip away and yeah. you got to get the hardened stuff out. Yeah. And it takes forever yeah. because it's you're just undoing so many things. Um, and it's really hard to just commit to just going through the motions like that yeah. because over time it starts to feel tough. Uh, or just, uh, you know, again, disingenuous might be the right word. But if you know why you're doing it, it's just the right thing to do. And you yeah. just put your boots on and put your helmet on and you just muscle your way through it. <laughs> right. And it's, you know, I, I, as you were kind of talking, man, about chipping away and getting the parts out is like, I, like what I, the first thing I wanted to say is I'm like, well, yeah, that's why I'm empty inside. <laughs> but, but that's not, that's, that's not the same thing. That's not, that's not what brain, that's not what I meant. Uh, oh, you know, though. and then, and then the next thing I was going to say was, um, you know, is that we, the act of forgiveness removes the emotion from an event. And then I was like, you know, well, I'm, I'm empty inside and I'm emotionless. Wait a minute. That's not, that's, that's not exactly <laughs> what I meant. Uh, either brain. Uh, but, uh, but what I'm, what I, now the words coming out in appropriate non-humorous way is that the more times you go through forgiveness is in you, the more times you are willing to accept in forgiveness, willing to accept people and taking away the emotional component. And you start, like you said, chip away the hardened stuff out of the bottle and you don't feel that twinge anymore. Mm -hmm. You don't feel resentment anymore. And I, I know this is actually when, when you had first introduced the forgiveness model, that was one of Katie's big thing was she didn't want to release the accountability yep. component. Yep. I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do this in a very, very simple way. Um, I made a mistake okay, don't do the mistake again, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if you do the mistake again, well, we need to talk about why you did the mistake again and figure out if there's another way that we can prevent you from doing this again. Mm -hmm. At no point in time in that mistake was it's like, I made the mistake, I hate your guts. Right. <laughs> so, right. so that's where I think um, it's actually very awkward for people, specifically when dealing with me, when there are accountable events, mm -hmm. because I just don't have, now I don't want to say I don't have emotion because there was definitely some inventory things in the last, <laughs> in the last like couple weeks where my only response is I had gone, like I had anger about this and then I just immediately went to just laughter because I'm like, I don't actually know, like this is actually now really funny to me. I'm angry, but it's so funny mm -hmm. because, and, and I, I was actually talking to uh, Dr. Christina and Rihanna about, or, uh, about this was that I was like, the reason why my anger went to humor is because I was out of, I was out of plans. <laughs> like I had, I had the solution and we had implemented so many different plans mm -hmm. for the solution. The solution is just fix it. You know, we can fix inventory, but it's like trying to find all these different plans that I'm like, <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like, it's like, you know, the very visceral reaction is, yeah, no, there's definitely anger in there, but it immediately went to just humor. So that's really yeah. awkward for people yeah. where it's like, well, why doesn't he care more? Yeah. And Soraya and I actually have this conversation where, you know, she's just like, it makes me, and I'm like, I know I don't feel that. She's like, I don't understand. I'm like, yeah, I know. And, and but part of it is it's that same idea. Whereas you, and what I'm, what I'm driving at here in a very comical way is that 
the more times you actually engage in forgiveness and the more times you actually start to empty that bottle, the more times you start to remove emotion from these accountable events, when these problems start to occur is they stop being they stop being an in-the-moment visceral reaction. Right. They start to turn into understanding the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. They start to understanding the thirty thousand foot view. Mm-hmm. When we start to have, well, I've had this, you know, these five, this one problem five times in the last six weeks. Okay, there's a bigger problem that we have to address. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm, I'm, we're trying to get at here. Is like the right. more times you go through this, it's easier to collaborate. It's easier to get to that point. Typically, the what you're kind of saying is. Through practice, you're, yes. you're building up a greater desire to go through it because you're finding out that it works. Yes. And you're increasing your ability yes. because you practiced. You yes. got better at it. Yes. And the better that you are at those two things, yes. action becomes the last step. And it's just yes. done. Done. Yep. No problem. It, it, now, the thing that it, it, when you're working with people that are on different levels, yes. that's where that response comes into play of like, well, why don't you care about this as much? Yeah. It's like, well, I've already moved past action. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I, that's in the rear yeah, view. Yeah. Now I may have done it silently. And yeah. that's something, you know, that's why yeah. these after actions and case reviews are so important because it allows those other people yeah. that are seeing that and not understanding yeah. your reaction yeah. to have a shared reality with you. Um, so you, it, that's, you can't, I mean, you can jump straight into that, but it's inherently better yeah. if you're on the same page absolutely uh, because it also avoid uh, uh, um, i should say um, removes all the assumptions assumptions will be the thing that will absolutely rip this whole thing apart oh yeah if those yeah. aren't on the table if you're not making it an absolute known fact that you had some sort of assumption walking into a type of communication or into a problem whatever it is yeah. it none of this is going to work you yeah. have to make your assumptions known and that's a part of ability that's kind of what i was referring to like knowing what it is that your reaction is going to be that sort of yeah. stuff you're knowing what your assumptions are about another person knowing about a situation whatever um is going to be really really imperative to actually getting into implementation mm-hmm. uh, yeah and that that is the ultimate goal i mean is that it's like once you get past forgiveness and now moving into solutions is that now solution is again we have the individual seeks resources to collaborate and create solutions so we're past like i said we're past the emotional compart uh part uh, we are. Yeah, we've scrubbed it, yeah, right? Yeah. Like we we it's let the, the we we had our objective problems, we had our emotional problems. Um, not not that emotions aren't real, but yeah, yeah, they're yeah. different. They're in different categories. Yeah. And now what we've done is we've said, okay, we've got eight variables over here in objective and seven in emotional, and we've addressed all the emotional, yeah. and we're moving on to the thing that we still made mistakes on because now we're all on the same page. Yeah. We all have the desire to improve. We've exhibited that. We're we're none of us are going to look at each and say what we're bad people yeah. as it relates to these specific problems. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yes. let's move forward because yeah. now we're all wanting to implement a v- effective solution so that crap doesn't happen again. Yeah, and that and it is it is a skill to go from solutions to plan because you can, you have a lot of thinkers, yep. mm-hmm. you know, and you can have a, you can have a lot of solutions, but yep. then it's a matter of what plans are realistically implementable. So that's even with I think inventory as an example. Sarai would recommend plans to me. I think we should do this. I think we should do this. I think we should do this. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you know, intentionally being a barrier to a plan, but it's like, all right, well, good suggestion, but this, this, and this currently aren't working. So we're going to have a failed implementation. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things I really want to be very deliberate about is it's like, you can have a good solution, 
Mm-hmm. And when you look at our diagram, uh, you have to use tools, you have to use resources to get to your plan. And we come together and we're like, yeah, this is the plan. And, and a plan is individuals utilize resources to create an implementable plan. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, we're going to come together. We've gotten through all these steps. We have our solutions. Now we're going to create a plan on what needs to get done. Now go do it. Mm-hmm. So then it's going to come down to, well, going and doing it is now implementation. Implementation right. is actually kind of outside of the creator circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you come into implementation, it's individuals utilize the resources to implement the plan. Well, what can happen from implementation is you're either going to succeed mm-hmm. or not. So if you don't succeed, meaning that we're coming down now back to that loop of fall tolerance, it's once a fall tolerance occurs, an individual has a choice. Just like they had when the accountable event occurred, you had a choice. Your choice is you're either going to divide or you're going to collaborate. This is where most people go through division almost immediately. Mm-hmm. I just went through reality and ownership and forgiveness and solution and plans, and I tried this and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, one of the things, uh, an adage that, I've, that we've said for years as you write your plans in sand and your goals in stone. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the goal is the solution. That's the goal. The mm-hmm. Goal is success. Goal is growth mindset. Goal is, is having successful implementation. Plan might change ten times. Yep. That 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 was that was me laughing when it came to the inventory problem. Where I'm like, ah, <laughs> you know, like we still have the solution. We know what it needs to be, but our our implementation just keeps failing. Why is it failing? We need to take this another layer deeper, another layer deeper, another layer deeper, another layer deeper. Yep. So once you then say, this is the plan we've come to. This is what we're going to implement. Individuals are going to implement this, or they aren't. And if they aren't, you just go back into collaboration. Mm -hmm. why didn't this work do we need to have another after action Mm -hmm. do we need to have a case review do we got to talk about this did you not actually forgive the other person did you fake it because if you faked forgiveness you're never actually going to be able to get to an implementable uh, implementable solution or implementable plan um, because what takes us and this actually I think will be a really good segue to get us into next week because we've kind of danced around it a lot and we kind of did a little bit like a year ago Um, it's success it's the star chart So when we talk about our star chart, we talk about performance, potential, consistency, clarity, confidence, and competence. Like you have to have at least three or four of those things in order to succeed, Mm -hmm. at least. Mm -hmm. So when we are saying that we are trying to implement a goal and we're not succeeding, that's then what the next part is. Are we not succeeding because we don't have the performance? Are we not succeeding because we don't have the potential? Are we not succeeding because there isn't clarity? Are we not succeeding because there isn't consistency? There isn't confidence and there isn't competence. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about going from implementing a plan and it not working, it usually because it's a competence, confidence, clarity, consistency, mm-hmm. potential, and performance issue mm-hmm. almost practically every time. Well, that's a that's why I really like that tool when it first came out of your brain <laughs> was it, downloaded. It, it, it allowed the, um, the reality conversation mm-hmm. um, to have guidelines yep. uh, because there's, there's, there's going to be the emotional part for sure, which that's its own ball game, which you've kind of hit on quite a bit, but yeah. with the, the more objective stuff, it's like, where did we miss? Yeah. What was it in performance or in potential? Was it in competence, confidence, that sort of stuff? Like what was actually at play? Yeah. What piece did we miss? Yeah. And under like thinking about it in terms of those six variables, yep. kind of it, it makes it simpler. Yeah. Uh, or just maybe it just makes you think about it in a more thorough way. Yep. Just a way to communicate. Right. Yep. Right. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, that was a that was kind of a game changer. Like we actually, uh, it, it doesn't really happen at the current moment, but you know yeah. there was a time where people were carrying those around in their back pockets. Yeah, yeah, uh, we had the, like the what like up and yeah, all that stuff. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, probably something we should go back to. Yeah, we should. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and like I said, I think it's a good segue for the podcast. Yeah, but for if, sure. if you look at the creating accountability diagram, uh, and as we kind of go past success all the way down to the right side, performance one, two, three, four, five, is that's actually mm-hmm. where the the star chart comes into it is that a performance one is failed performance. We got a bunch of small stars, meaning we're pretty much failing on all fronts. Whereas your efficient performance is you're pretty much succeeding on all fronts. Yep. Um, and yep. again, we'll, we'll touch on that more uh, next time we have the opportunity to sit down. Um, but at least for today, that's, you know, after actions, uh, we start talking about the collaboration process and really what it means to get into an implementable plan. Mm-hmm. The takeaway message is that it is totally okay for an implementable, um, and, uh, the implementation of a plan to fail yeah totally acceptable because mm-hmm. it may mean that there are other variables we didn't see when we talked about this the first time one problem became 10 10 became 50 mm-hmm. but when we were talking about one problem we didn't even know 50 problems existed yep. so when you implement a plan with one problem you're going to fail on 49 that was so one of the solo podcasts i did was ba- like basically just don't worry about where like yeah. you know where you're headed yep don't worry about the last step of getting there. You no. have to just take the next step. <laughs> yes, next uh, step. And, that, and that's exactly why. Because, yeah. like, the whole world changes every step along the way. Yes. You just have to know what's in front of you uh, yeah. or, or as, it, as it basically as makes it no, self-known. And, and, that, and, that's why, and that's why using your resources are so important. Because there's people with other yeah. experiences, different experiences, other and different uh, are obviously different things. But um, that's why it's so important to use resources like administration, hey, reach yep. out to us when there's a problem, reach out to us when you have a question, reach out to us when there's conflict, mm-hmm. because we may be able to look at this from a different vantage point. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at it from one particular role, we can look at it from four different roles. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where, again, we can really help move to solutions, really get us closer to in the moment accountability. We just got to go through the after action process and experience that. So uh, yep. to all those who have to undergo one, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So yeah. I'm so glad that you were here today. Boy, this was a lot easier (laughs) with two of us. Um, But yeah, if you would want to take us out, we'll make our way into next week. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time.